The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angles. Scotty, how you doing on a Tuesday? On to week four. Here we go. Already on Roto Experts, my advanced scout is posted. Corey's uh, waiver wire targets, Joe Galina's uh, list of quarterbacks. To replace Jimmy Garoppolo, let's get moving here. Absolutely, let's do it. For all that great content, go to the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season fantasy football package. Don't forget, you can enter the promo code THEKING at checkout. We got a good show for you today, people, on a Tuesday. We'll break down Monday Night Football. We'll look at some of the waiver targets ourselves, and we'll find some time to put the fun in functional sports content. If you want to join the show, the number to call a little bit later on is 844-843-6879. Scotty, you want to get started? Let's get started with Monday Night night football the Pittsburgh Steelers get their first win of the season although they sweated it out towards the end a little bit beating Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Bucks down there in Tampa 30 to 27 I want to start Scott with big Ben Roethlisberger he had a nice game 353 yards three touchdowns the one pick early on 30 for 38 and he may have found a new favorite target I don't know about favorite target but uh, Juju Smith-Schuster with 11 targets, 9 catches, 116 yards. And Vance McDonald with 4 catches, 112, and a touchdown. You know, people were all over Jesse James in the first couple of weeks. But I've been saying Vance McDonald, when healthy, is could be his target. Remember the big playoff game he had? Stiff arms a guy down the left sideline. Goes all the way for a big uh 
How long was that? That was a 74 yards. Yeah, that's a big play right there. What do you think about Ben and uh, him spreading the ball around? AP still got his nine targets, but Ben spreading the ball around uh, 353 yards. Yeah, I ranked Juju Smith-Schuster as a top 15 wide receiver coming into the year, and he certainly delivered. (laughs) Inside injuries is saying that uh, Antonio Brown's not playing at 100%, uh, but, you know, defenses are going to, like, double and triple cover him, which is – you know, make make a veteran quarterback like Roethlisberger work to his other targets. Uh, with with these tight ends in Pittsburgh, you know, there's no rhyme or reason. Last week it was Jesse James, mm-hmm. and this week it was Vance McDonald. Next week it could be Xavier Grimble. I don't know, but uh, you know, with, with the the sorry state of tight end, if you don't have one of the top say three guys, you have to take a crack on these guys in your lineup. You know, Jesse James only caught one pass for seven yards, but. Vance McDonald, the problem with him is he never stays healthy, so you can't forget about Jesse James, but that's a stiff arm of the year on, or the yeah. stiff arm of the century on Chris Conti. It kind of reminded me of what I do to Corey Barson. Oof, got to get yeah. that in, Scotty. Yeah. I like what you're doing right there. Let me ask yeah. you something. I was one of those people in our Greenwich Street Tavern League. I was riding with Jesse James. Remember I told you going into last night against our friend Craig Carton, I was down by 20 points, but I had Jesse James and Big Ben. Big Ben helped me salt away the victory. But I'm in that boat, Scott. Uh, I have Jesse James. You know, I also have, I believe, Ricky Seals-Jones. I started Jesse James. He only gets one catch for seven yards for me. You talk about Vance McDonald and his health concerns, but, you know, it's similar, Scott, to um, what I say about Jordan Reed, what I say about Tyler Eifert. You know, when he's healthy, if he's there, he, I think he's going to be I think he's gonna be the main guy. I mean, they traded for him for a reason. Remember him in that playoff game against Jacksonville? I think he went seven for 110. We saw part of his ability. You mentioned the stiff arm here. Is this really a timeshare, or is this more a question really about Vance McDonald's health? Uh, they both played about an even amount of snaps last week. Okay. And it was Jesse James, and it wasn't Vance McDonald. So uh, I, I think that this offense can support two tight ends, and Ben Roethlisberger has been playing for longer with Jesse James. So right. it could really be any guy in any given week. I don't know if there's going to be any rhyme or reason here. You know, I think it could be game plan specific, et cetera. You know, maybe mm. Tampa, Tampa Bay watched the film of James last right. week. But he just wasn't in there nearly as much as uh, – as McDonald was. So uh, one week you might be expecting McDonald and it could be James. I, if I had to prefer one of these two tight ends, I'd, I'd say McDonald, but uh, I don't think we've seen the last of Jesse James either. Fair enough. The one thing you do like is that the Pittsburgh offense, you know, is something that will put up points. Ben Roethlisberger will put the ball up, so there should be opportunity for the tight ends. Let's talk real quickly, uh, Scotty, about James Conner. He winds up with 95 total yards, but to be honest, Scott, I was watching the game, and I own shares of Conner. A lot of that happened at the very end, the last couple of drives. You know, I think he probably had, you know, half of his rushing yards on the last couple of drives. He does wind up with 95 yards and five catches, so you'll take the 14 points in PPR settings, but... um. You know, what, is this what you expect out of Connor, or is this kind of um, a product of the game script? I don't think it matters when it comes. You know, saying that, you know, the last two drives that he kind of padded his numbers, you know, that was the game flow. They were trying to protect the lead. Pittsburgh was ahead for the whole game, so that counts. And if you're going to get 14 points from that guy and that's the floor, I think you've got to be fine with it. Okay, one thing on the other side, I'm not fine anymore with Peyton Barber. Uh, Scott, 
let me tell you something. Fitzmagic is putting the ball up, you know, 40 times a game. He, you know, 50 times a game. He goes for another 411 yards, three touchdowns. Did come back to earth with some of those interceptions. We told you he was going to start throwing the ball to the other team, and he did have three picks. But, you know, three straight weeks of 400 yards. To me, I look at the running back, and I'm like, ah, he's not getting opportunities. Peyton Barber, only eight carries. What do you do? If you have Peyton Barber, uh, only two targets in the passing game. What do you do if you have Peyton Barber? He was a guy who kind of came out of nowhere. Not out of nowhere, but, you know, we thought it was going to be Ronald Jones, the rookie starting for this team, and it's definitively Peyton Barber. Um, but this is such a passing team that I don't know how viable Peyton Barber is. Is Peyton Barber a flex play for you? Are you benching him? Are you dropping him? How are you treating Peyton Barber, Scott? He's a cut candidate. He came into yeah. last night's game averaging 2.6 yards per carry. And he had one or two decent runs. But, you know, Peyton Barber, you know, he's, you know, he's, I hate to use this term because it's so overused, but he's a jag. You know, there's nothing, just a guy. There, there, there's nothing special about him. I think at some point soon they're going to have to stop deactivating Ronald Jones because, you mm-hmm. know, I think Jacquez Rogers is like, you know, three feet two and 45 pounds. You know, you can't depend on him for any significant stretch. You're going to have to see what you can get out of this kid you drafted. The only thing is, is that his pass blocking was so bad in the preseason. You know, you right. got to see if it's improved. And if it hasn't, you know, you could continue to see Peyton Barber there in, as a stopgap. Now, I know we heard that the New York Jets are after Le'Veon Bell, but, you know, Tampa Bay is a team that can use him way more. That's interesting. Um, Yes, I was going to close out this game with those reports, but let's go to it right now, Scotty. As you mentioned, the New York Daily News coming out with a report. First of all, we heard yesterday, right, that, like, the Steelers are now willing to listen. You know, at first they were just rejecting any kind of call or offer out of hand for Le'Veon Bell. And the report came out over the weekend, I think it was Schefter who said it first, that at least now the the Steelers are at a point where they will – pick up the phone and listen. And we are getting reports that the first team at least officially linked to the Steelers for Le'Veon Bell is the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, As everyone here knows, I'm a big-time Jets fan. I kind of like Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell would be an opportunity to improve, but and it has got to be a team that you think Le'Veon Bell may want to stick with long-term. It has to be a team that has the cap space for him. I know the Jets ticked those boxes, and you've said before the Jets are a team kind of that many people believe are on the upswing a little bit, and maybe that's the kind of team Le'Veon is looking for for the prime of his career. He's going to be 27 soon. Yeah, to put that franchise-type running back, you know, with Sam Darnold there, yeah. you know, it would show a real commitment to the future. Uh, you know, right now, you know, fantasy owners are starting to think, you know, that maybe they could make a trade for Le'Veon Bell because he's going to get traded. But if you're a Jets fan, you want a part of it. But if you're a fantasy owner, you don't want a part of it. You know, I don't want a guy that's already missed three weeks. It's going to be a conditioning risk, has to play in a new offense. I'm not going to give you up a lot for him in, in a trade. But it would certainly change the scope of things, uh, certainly, certainly for the Jets. You know, I don't know what the Super Bowl odds for them on mybookie.ag are right now, but they yeah. they tick up a little bit. You know, if they would, uh, you know, if they were to, uh, you know, acquire Le'Veon Bell, but with a rookie quarterback, I don't think you see that happening. It's it, it could help certainly help the Jets make the playoffs in Sam Darnold's rookie year. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Le'Veon Bell will help any team, right? But as to your point, uh, Scotty, you know, he has to get kind of back in football shape. He would have to learn a new scheme potentially for moving a trade. So we'll keep our eye on it. But similar to kind of like the Josh Gordon thing, you don't just go out right away and then start him and expect the world from him right away, but certainly to keep an eye on. One other thing I want to ask you about in this 30-27 to 27 Steelers win, Scott, the last thing is about these Bucks wide receivers, okay? Mike Evans has a big game six for 137 and a touchdown some nice catches down the sideline but the guy I want to ask you about Scott you know we've talked about this we've been on him for a while is Chris Godwin all right I we've been saying that we think Chris Godwin is actually the number two wide receiver there everybody was so excited about Deshaun Jackson last week you and I both told people I know I did on fantasy freestyle on social media and here as well we were like listen Deshaun Jackson is a best ball player he's going to have some weeks like that and week two just happened to be one of those weeks and he was going against his former team in Philadelphia we all know how he loves to play the revenge card against that team people were like oh my god I want to start Deshaun Jackson I was like yo Chris Godwin is still the guy that's going to be the number two receiver there and it plays out tonight or last night Deshaun Jackson three for 37 a kind of ho-hum effort whereas Chris Godwin has five catches 74 yards and a touchdown and most importantly Only Mike Evans had more targets than Chris Godwin. Ten targets for Chris Godwin, only five for Deshaun Jackson. We like Godwin going forward, right? Oh, yeah. I liked him even in the preseason. I averaged over 17 yards to catch last season. And I, you know, I was saying, and you were saying, you know, I was especially yep. vocal about it that I don't trust Deshaun Jackson at all. He's too boomer bust. Last night, three catches for 27 yards. That's Deshaun Jackson. Big game than three catches for 27 yards. Godwin is much more dependable. Uh, they look for him in the red, in near the goal line, etc. He has scored in every game so far. He is this team's clear number two wide receiver. Yep, absolutely. You know, sometimes we get it right, you know, Scott, and sometimes people want to talk to us. People have been hitting me up on social media. Oh, we got to do Deshaun Jackson. We got to use Deshaun Jackson. Speed, you're crazy to have, you know, whoever it is over Deshaun Jackson. You know, like I was still having Marquise Goodwin over Deshaun Jackson, whoever it was. And people were like, Deshaun Jackson, you're crazy, Speeds. I was like, watch, watch. You you guys are being so reactionary as a one-week thing. Even this morning, I had someone, like, trying to, you know, be kind of trolly with me. Me that I'm saying to hold Chris Hogan, and they're like, no, there's better people on the way for it. I'm like, I'm saying, go ahead, release Chris Hogan, and see if he gets snapped up right away. Um, I'm not cutting Scotty- Chris Hogan to get Christian Kirk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. These kind of one-week things, people are so reactionary. That's why you got to stay the course here in fantasy football. If you want to do that, play DFS. There's a reason season long is just that, season long. Scotty, yeah, you got you to about- look ahead. You know, there's not a lot out there on the waiver wire, especially yeah. at running back. You know what I'm saying this morning? It's, yep. uh, you know, pick up Nick Chubb because Kylo- Carlos Hyde is, is uh, <laughs> everybody's like so hot on him right now. He's, and right. Chubb is the forgotten man. Even Hyde owners are cutting him. He's only owned in 20% of leagues. We've seen Carlos Hyde has a very checkered injury history. So right now you could spend a buck or two and get Nick Chubb because at some point we know that some guys get banged up more than others. That's, That's why, true. you know, in the preseason I was talking about Tevin Coleman. I was talking about TJ Yeldon. Some guys right. just get hurt more than others. And, you know, if there's not anybody that's majorly appealing to you on the waiver wire right now, take a look at injury-prone guys and who backs them up. And that's why I'd pick up a Nick Chubb today. 
Yeah, it's a good call right there, Scotty. Also, remember the Browns have gone to Baker Mayfield. Okay, so you never know how, what kind of chemistry now Baker has with other people. So let's get into that real quick, Scotty. Hugh Jackson and the Browns did come out and say it's Baker time. Okay, I mean, Terod is still in the concussion protocol, but I don't think that's necessarily even the factor. This is going to be Baker's team moving forward. Talk to me about this. You, you know, you mentioned Nick Chubb, but what is the impact? I actually think you bump up Jarvis Landry. And the guy that I think gets bumped up because of this move is actually David. The Njoku is on you. I think he can see more opportunity. You saw the way Baker was slinging it right down the seam, throwing missiles down the seam in that first game. I like Landry as a bump up, and I like Njoku as a bump up. What about you as it relates to Cleveland? The one thing I really like Baker Mayfield, especially if you lost Jimmy Garoppolo. The mm. one thing that does concern me, you know, we've seen in the preseason and in relief when it when an opponent really doesn't have the chance to prepare for him. But you know what? One of my leagues, I lost Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm, right. uh, Baker Mayfield's my number one priority because the guy has very crisp mechanics, quick quick setup, quick release, gets good zip on his passes, throws to, uh, mobile, throwing on the run, injects life into the offense. Baker Mayfield, if you lost Jimmy Garoppolo and you can't make a trade for a quarterback, this might be the guy you can plug in and you can win with. And yeah. as far as the rest of the team goes, I love I love Landry, obviously. Uh, I think Callaway's going to be bull or bust. And you know, Njoku, I think, you know, gets back on the fantasy radar now. Thank you. So you kind of do agree with me. Landry and Njoku are uh, people that could see a little bit bump up. You're actually right. Uh, you got to think about what Baker had did for this team. The kind of inspiration and enthusiasm is very, very interesting. Baker also may be able to help you out with some rushing yards as well. Scotty, you were talking about odds, you know, changing as it related to maybe the Jets if they got Le'Veon Bell. That's a far stretch. But you know whose odds did, in fact, actually change yesterday? You just mentioned it. The San Francisco 49ers went in Vegas from 20 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl to 80 to one odds to win the Super Bowl over there because of the torn ACL for Jimmy Garoppolo. This is confirmed. Scotty, real quick, you know, in the same way that we asked you bumping up, you know, Landry and maybe Njoku, I want to ask you two things. One, what does this mean for skill players in San Francisco, the Marquise Goodwins, the George Kittles, the Matt Breedas of the world? And then I got to tell you something. Scott, I have an off-the-radar sneaky idea over who I think will be the San Francisco 49ers quarterback by the time we hit Halloween. I'll let you know who that is when we come back. It's Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. When we come back, we're going to do a couple more news and notes to bounce off of my man, the King Scott Angle, and then we dive into the waiver wires. I know people who got L's need to improve their team. We'll show you how coming up after this. It's Roto Experts in the Morning. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Boom. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back. 
Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The king and the spitting statistician. I want to let people know that BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering. All major sporting events, okay? Use the promo code FNTSY. Right now, BetDSI is offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your initial deposit. So go on over there right now. Start winning today. Use the promo code FNTSY. That's at BetDSI.com. All right, Scotty. We were talking about Jimmy G. He's torn his ACL. He's going to be out for the year. You know, they've had bad ACL luck. Jarek McKinnon there, their starting running back, went down right before the season with an ACL as well. C.J. Beathard comes in, at least for the short term. They're working out quarterbacks. Um, you talked about bumping up Jarvis Landry, bumping up David Njoku. What do we do now for the 49ers' skill positions? Let's say you've been – let's say you're holding a Matt Breida, a Marquise Goodwin, a George Kittle. What does this mean for you? Receiving-wise, I think it's wait and see. We really don't know who Bethan was working with in practice and with the scout team that he has an affinity for. You know, it could be Dante Pettis for all we know. Uh, I think he definitely downgrade uh, Marquise Goodwin, though, because there's obviously a downgrade at quarterback here. Uh, you know, George Kittle's a good tight end, and, you know, any quarter, professional quarterback worth his salt is going to take advantage of a quality tight end like that. But I think you see more emphasis on the running game because, hmm. uh, you, you know, they want, especially with that defense and all the injuries that they're suffering, <clears throat> you know, they want to keep opponents off the field. So I think it's going to see, you know, maybe an increase in volume for Alfred Morris there uh, because, you know, at certain points in games because, you know, they want to play ball control and, you know, uh, keep, keep, uh, keep the other team off the field. But they'll also be playing from behind, and that's an opportunity to use – Matt Burita, who I think is going to be up and down. It's very hard to get a gauge on what's going to happen here offensively. I remember watching Bethard, I think it was last year, and, you know, the yep. guy's not awful. You know, it's not, not Deshaun, he's not Deshaun Kaiser bad. Right. You know, when you go to every, and just because you go to the backup quarterback doesn't mean the guy's going to be terrible. I think he's going to move the offense respectably enough, but we have to wait and see who his targets are going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a point and a follow-up question on that. I think I might have mentioned it to you before. You know, C.J. Beathard and George Kittle, both Iowa Hawkeyes, were friends and roommates in college. So you know that there's some already baseline rapport between the two of them. And any young quarterback loves the security blanket of the tight end. The other question I want to have for you is as it relates I'll, I'll to the dis- running I'll back. disagree with that and just say right. that, uh, you know, that George Kittle is a good tight end. Doesn't matter if he lived on the other side of the country. And that whole, you know, roommate in college thing we saw with Andrew Luck and Colby Fleener never panned out. You know, George Kittle's just a good tight end. Okay. Um, Let me ask you this. You mentioned that the running game, and you talk about Alfred Morris. Is that because, you know, we've talked before, Scotty, about Matt Breida, you know, and other backs of his size, you know, them not trying to uh, have increased injury risk for these guys either. Do you think Brita, you know, it's a similar conversation to when we were wondering if Alvin Kamara was going to take more of this opportunity with the Ingram suspension. Do you think Brita is built for an increased workload or do you think the increased opportunity, you know, a lot of it goes to Alfred Morris? I think it's going to be a timeshare. I don't think Breida's built to be a feature back. You know, did come into week two leading the league in rushing, but he's capable of bringing of, uh, you know, ripping off big runs. I think I think the two backs have distinctively different styles. They can challenge defenses by using different one of them. I think it's going to be a pure timeshare. I think it's going to be like a Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis kind of thing. 
Okay. Um, listen, we talked about two new starting quarterbacks, one new one in in Cleveland, one new one in San Francisco. There is a third new one, and that is down in the desert in Arizona, where the Arizona Cardinals have announced that Josh Rosen, the Rosen one, will be the starting quarterback moving forward for the Arizona Cardinals. Same question I've asked you about these other guys. You know, what does this mean for David Johnson? What does this mean for Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Ricky Seals-Jones? Are you uh, encouraged? Because, listen, Sam Bradford just wasn't really playing that well. Are you bumping any of these guys up under the rookie? I think I might bump Christian Kirk a little bit up a little a little because, you know, and he's only owned in 6.2% of leagues right now. Caught seven passes for 90 yards. And this team desperately had to cast to get the ball to any other playmaker with a heartbeat. And But I think it's a tough assignment for him against Seattle in his opener. You know, the Seahawks lead the NFL with seven interceptions so far. And, you know, three by Earl Thomas. So that's a tough draw for him, I think, in the opener. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, you know, we have to wait and see what kind of rapport he, he has with Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Sam Bradford certainly didn't have one, but you know it's it's promising for Larry Fitzgerald. I think it's promising for Christian Kirk. You know we saw in the preseason that this guy could challenge defenses downfield, so maybe he could open up things for David Johnson. Look, it's not going to be as bad as Sam Bradford, so you have to have some tempered optimism. Yeah, um, and like you said, they draw the the Seahawks this week, so an interesting first test for the Rosen one. Let me ask you this. Um, I thought it was interesting, I'll say that, that the Cardinals decided, you know, they're going to start going into the season. They're going to start Sam Bradford. They drafted Rosen, but they also signed uh, Mike Glennon, Scott. My question for you is now that you've made the change to Rosen, I think an argument can be made that Glennon can serve as a backup if they're just going to have him be kind of someone carrying the clipboard in emergency duty. Um, yeah. Why is Bradford still on this roster? That's my question. And my, like I said, I teased before, you know, I mean, the 49ers have bet, beat hard. They're working out, you know, uh, TJ Yates. They're working out, uh, you know, Tom Savage. What about the idea, like, is there a universe where the Arizona Cardinals can just save the money and cut Sam Bradford? And could he fall in, like, San Francisco's lap? I mean, let me, let me not play all those steps out. But step one, what do you think? what's Bradford still doing on the roster if they've gone to Rosen and you have Glenn in there really to be this kind of career backup kind of guy? For the things we don't see, uh, you know, because we're not in the locker room or on the beat, is, you know, if Bradford is taking to be that kind of, okay, I'll take Josh Rosen under the wing and be a good teammate to him and, you know, show him the ropes in the NFL, you know, if that's a reason to keep him around mm-hmm. and he realizes that when he, when he signed with Arizona, if he's okay with it, that's why they would keep him around. And, you know, look, if if Rosen were to go down at some point, I think they'd rather go to Bradford. So maybe that's a reason to keep him on a roster. Then why'd they sign Mike Glennon? It's, it's, I'd rather have Sam Bradford than Mike Lennon. Okay, so the then why'd they sign Glennon? To be, the th- to be the third stringer. But they paid him some money. They paid him money that's not third-string quarterback money, Scott. It, it's Mike Lennon, though. It's like you really don't want him to get in the game. 
Unless you're I understand that, you know, but they did make some investment in him. It's just interesting that they're going to carry these three professional quarterbacks. We'll see. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if their quarterback room looks a little bit different by the time uh, the end of the trading deadline comes around. One other injury, Scott, that I want to talk about, uh, too, on the defensive side of the ball, real quick, before we get into the waivers, that I think will have impact that people are not, you know, we don't usually talk about defensive guys here on, uh, say, fantasy shows necessarily. In, in, in Atlanta, Ricardo Allen, he tore his Achilles. He's done for the year in Atlanta. Scott, they have really taken big-time hits in terms of their, defense, their pass defense. Remember Keanu Neal and Deion, excuse me, and Deion James already, and now Ricardo Allen? That's a lot. Uh, for them to, that's a big loss for them to sustain in their past defense when they're in a division against like New Orleans. You see Tampa chucking it around. I'm a little bit worried about this Falcons' past defense. Ricardo Allen done for the year with an Achilles. Yeah, they already ranked 27th. You know they have uh, Cincinnati mm-hmm. this week in a game mm-hmm. that already has a 51 and a half over under, and I think it's going to soar past that. So you know a lot of injuries. Already, you know, you didn't even mention Deion Jones, you know, who's out as well. Oh, excuse me, Deion so, Jones. You know, this, this is, yeah, this is, this is, this, you know, this defense is getting very, very banged up. All of a yeah. sudden, you know, that now they're in the Earl Thomas rumors. Right. Because, you know, Dan Quinn used to be the Seahawks yep. defense, defensive and play. coordinator. And, you know, if this, if this team is going to have a shot, you know, to make, you know, to make a deep playoff run or whatever, they, they have to patch the balls here on defense. Yeah, so I did wanted to talk about that. You know, I, I said Deion James or Deion Lewis. I, I met that. I got that wrong. The t- coverage linebacker in Atlanta. Then now both safeties down in Atlanta. That is going to be an issue. I was going to ask you about Earl Thomas because you know the head coach there in Atlanta, Dan Quinn, used to be the defensive coordinator in Seattle, so he certainly would know the scheme. The other secondary member that I think is important. You know, the Los Angeles Rams have been something of a juggernaut so far, but both of their cornerbacks went. down down in that game against the Chargers. We're hearing Aqib Tlaib may need surgery. He may be out for the better part of a month. Uh, Peters, they see, is like less serious. He may even make it back this week, although they do play Thursday night football. They play in two days, Scott, and they play against the Minnesota Vikings. They need someone to cover Diggs and Thielen. Yeah, they do, uh, you know, but they still get a lot of pressure up front, which always protects the secondary. But obviously, you know, these are two big losses. Uh, here, you know, you don't know when one of them is going to come back. Uh, you know, we're hearing that Talib could be back as soon as this Thursday, or maybe he could miss two weeks. I think we'll get more clarity from inside injuries this week. But definitely two big losses for a team that was definitely looking like the NFC powerhouse. Now we're getting teams like the Rams, the Falcons, you know, stuff like that. That uh, you know, they have offense and they get, they get injuries on defense here. Uh, you know, if the Vikings can rebound. Uh, from that from that big loss against Buffalo, you know it's still a long season. If they're go- if, and you know the Rams are going to get these guys back down the line, so I don't think it affects their playoffs. But you know I think it affects the over unders. I think it affects yeah. the fantasy matchups, etc. I think you know the, the Vikings are going to come storming out, you know, with a lot to prove here, and you yeah. got to love Thielen and Diggs this week. Yeah, absolutely. So remember, we've been saying fade wide receivers against the Rams so far, but that's not the case if they're two top cornerbacks. Their personnel is a little bit different. Lucky for the Rams, though, they also grabbed Sam Shields in the offseason, not too shabby as a third cornerback. The last story, Scott, before we go to waivers, there was a lot of stuff. I wanted to get your take on this. I think it was interesting. It was a move that happened on Sunday that we didn't talk about much, Scotty, but then, you know, there was some talk and even, you know, coaching quarterback had to come out themselves. In that Philadelphia 
Philadelphia-Indianapolis game, the Colts were within a score with the last play of the game, and they decided to throw a Hail Mary, you know, from like their own 40-yard line, whatever it was. The interesting part is that they pulled Andrew Luck for that play, and they put in backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett. You know, the idea, we know Brissett has a big arm, but on the flip side, a lot of people are wondering, does that mean that Andrew Luck is still not really 100%? Any starting quarterback should be able to make that 50-60 yard Hail Mary throw. They opted to go to Brissett. Um, to me, that's a like real piece of evidence that Andrew Luck's shoulder is not 100% yet. We talked about this in the preseason, him not throwing the ball downfield. They decided to pull him from the Hail Mary. Is this a, is this a thing, Scott? It's certainly, I think, even before the Brissett, uh, you know, fiasco that we saw that, you know, he just doesn't have the downfield gun here. But he's going to have to continue to throw the ball a lot because this team just does not have a running game. You know, this is another ball club that could certainly use Le'Veon Bell. And, sure. uh, you know, he's going, it's just going to be about high percentage passing here. You know, it's, it's going to be like watching Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, um, so we will see kind of what happens. But here's the thing. If he is kind of going to be this more conservative, what does that mean you do with T.Y. Hilton? Because part of T.Y. Hilton's success is going down the field, you know, um, and maybe that's not really in the Colts' arsenal right now. Does that concern you as it relates to T.Y.? Yeah, I think uh, you got to bubble down at least a wide receiver too because, mm. you know, if he's not taking – it's not about he's not taking the top off of defenses – you know, he can't. You know, this quarterback just can't hit him downfield. You know, this is, this team is changing a little bit. Uh, you know, they're playing better defense than people expected, but they, they don't have a running game, and they don't have a guy who can throw deep, and that's why they're one and two. All right, we got a caller on the line that I want to take. I want to help people out for week four moving forward. Steve in San Antonio, you're on Roto Experts in the morning. How can Scott and I help you? Hey, man, I called in uh, before my draft, and you guys told me, don't try to pre-plan your draft. So right. I wasn't, but I was trying to get it right. So let me tell you my squad real quick, and then I got a question for you. I got Cousins, Drake, Hunt, Brown, Sanders, Rudolph, Woods, Broncos D, and some bum at kicker. On the okay. bench, I got Allison, Ingram, Lockett, Steels, and Boyd. Okay. Drake put up a donut for me. I'm kind of waiting like a long set because I'm waiting for the Super Bowl and all that. So that's why I drafted Mark Ingram. I'm waiting for him to come back. Should I try to trade one of those receivers? I got four on the bench for, for Drake, or should I wait on them? I think it's obvious to you. You know, you're just calling up to ask us to confirm, which we're glad to do. It's obvious you have incredible depth at wide receiver. Yep. And, you know, you need some help at running back because not only is Drake disappointing, but so is Kareem Hunt. So what you exactly. got to do is you got to look at the roster. You got to look at the roster grid in your exactly. league. Carefully explore the teams and look at a team that maybe has some good depth at running back and is weak at wide receiver. And then you found your trade partner and there's somebody you can talk to. And as for your kicker so, thing, is look, look, I always say this, you know, don't completely ignore the kickers because, you know, like two weeks ago, I think Mason Crosby had like 16 points and he saved my butt. You know, he, that could always happen. Hey, so my bad. I got, kicker's I got not performing well. I got Matt Byer from Atlanta. He ain't no bum. My bad. That's, okay. that's it. I, right. I hear what you're saying. He ain't no bum. But, oh, man, like, Kareem Hunt, you're exactly right. But I feel like once – I feel like – 
the people on this 12 team standard, man, no one wants to get rid of a running back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what uh, you I also can, do, I can certainly see that. Yeah. The other way you could do it um, there is you could try the two for one idea. You have you have right, depth right. at wide receiver, right? If you you know no one's going to want to trade for say Drake for a hundred cents on the dollar or a hunt for a hundred cents on the dollar at this point, right? But you have depth at wide receiver. You could try and trade one of your wide receivers and Drake for an uptick at running back if you want to do. But I will say this: Scott and I have been talking all early season. Guys like Kareem Hunt or Kenyon Drake. Sometimes the right answer is to just hold on those guys. I understand you want to flip them, but sometimes you need to just uh, grin and bear it. But one thing you could do, like Scott. Scott said, look at the roster grid. You have depth and strength at wide receiver. Trade from your position of strength and go for, uh, you know, maybe even a two-for-one. You give out one of your running backs and one of your wide receivers and get a little bit of an uptick at running back. Scott, I, I got to let people two know. two-for-one is going to really work, you know, with, with, with a setup like that, you know, especially if you do it to Drake. I think the better way to go about it is is you don't have to flip one of those wide receivers for some top five running back. If you could get a Philip Lindsay back for one of those guys or a Matt Breida, I think you're okay. Just giving the man options, Scott. Head on over to DailyRoto.com, the site that has produced 7 million dollar winners, and click on Go Premium. There you will access a line optimizer that will help you compose your daily fantasy rosters on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Not only has DailyRoto.com produced 7 millionaires, but it's produced millions more in the winnings for its subscribers. And if sports ragering is what you're into, click on the new sports betting tab, or you'll be able to use the same tools and algorithms that's produced all those winnings for money lines, picks against the spread, and games totals. That's DailyRoto.com and click on the Go Premium tab, the industry website where millionaires are made quite literally. We look at waiver wires for week four when we come back. It's Roto Experts in the morning. Dane and Scott on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. every day but at least like five nights of the week i probably need one night one or two nights a week to get some sleep that beauty rest because the spitting statistician woke up like this it is roto experts in the morning right here dane and scott we're going to go into these waiver wires listen you lost jimmy garoppolo you know potentially maybe you lost Tarad, although I don't know why you'd be starting Tarad in the first place. But let's start looking at some waiver wires. You know, I did lose him in a two-quarterback league. It was in a two. Were you starting Tarad? I mean, I have shares of. Yeah, Tarad, it was, but I, not I, where I, I was like starting him. him. Yeah. I was benching Dalton for him. Well, you know, so let's ask that. I, you know, I have a waiver claim right now in a league that we are both in. So I won't tell you how much, but uh, there is a league where I had Tarad as my second quarterback. Uh, Scotty, I have waiver claims in now fab budget for two quarterbacks, 
Baker Mayfield being one, and Andy Dalton being the other. Those are two of the top highly added guys, um, you know, in terms of quarterbacks. What, what are you thinking? I like Andy Dalton. I like Baker Mayfield. I have claims in for both of them right now. Uh, what do you think about those two guys at quarterback? It's very hard to find a long-term solution if you right. lost Jimmy Garoppolo on the waiver wire. You've got to make a trade in most cases. But I think the one guy that may be able to save your butt from the waiver wire is Baker Mayfield. I, you know, I already outlined right. the reasons why I like him a lot. You know, Andy Dalton, two weeks ago, four touchdowns. Last week, four interceptions. No rhyme or reason to this guy. He'll drive you crazy. You like the, the matchup against Atlanta's 27th-ranked pass defense this mm-hmm. week, but I don't think you can look at it for the long term. If uh, you got Cam Newton on a bye, that's fine. Uh, you know, but I, for long term, I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill off the, the waiver wire than Andy Dalton. Okay, let me ask you about two other quarterbacks that are on the waiver wire um, that are kind of, you know, getting on in years, shall we say. Eli Manning and Joe Flacco. Eli Manning, if he gets protection. Listen, last week, Scott, Eli Manning went 25 of 29, only four incompletions. Why? Because he got some protection. It's amazing how those things are correlated. Do you have any faith that uh, he could keep it going against New Orleans next week? Uh, you know, that's a very, very good matchup, and they certainly have the playmakers to exploit it. New Orleans has the worst pass defense in the NFC, so I think mm-hmm. you could be okay with it. But, you know, none of these guys you really want long-term. You, gotta, you, have, to go, you have to go out and make a deal because so, in so many mainstream leagues, people have drafted two quarterbacks. And then, you know, in the more savvy leagues, you always get experts saying, uh, I'm not drafting a backup quarterback, but then you kind of right. learn a lesson. You always want to have a backup around because you're going to be forced to make a deal in this kind of situation. Yeah, whether it's because of injuries or buys, which do in fact start this week. There are teams with buys week four, so we'll detail that a little bit later on in the week. What about Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco to me has surprised. He's putting up he's putting up yards at least, you know, 376 two weeks ago, 277 last week. He also has an interesting matchup. We saw these Pittsburgh Steelers on the back end. They can be had. Scott, the Ravens have the Steelers next Sunday night. Yeah, you know, he, again, he's a good streamer, but you didn't see a lot of efficiency from all the attempts that he has. Uh, yeah. You know, again, somebody not want to look for the long term, but you're looking at one week place, you know, and there's about a good four or five out there. You know, I probably like Dalton the best, although, okay. you know, Tannehill's going against New England. You know, their past defense has not looked good so far either. And you got Case Keenum out there, only uh, – only owned in 17.1% of leagues. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since the opener. But who has the worst pass defense in the NFL? Kansas City. And they play mm-hmm. him on Monday night. So you know, ideally, you don't want any of these one-week streamers. If you can't make a trade, I think you go with Mayfield. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to have to be playing the waiver wire. It's almost going to be like streaming defenses every week. But you just don't want to have that situation. All right, let's look on over at the running back situation uh, on waivers. Last week, Scott, I think it was obvious everybody was into Giovanni Bernard, and he returned value. He got you about 18, 19 points in PPR settings. I think it's less this week. I want to ask you, one guy I do want to ask you about, 
um, who's kind of near the top, um, and I think you can can be had, is owned in only about a quarter of leagues. What about Buck Allen in Baltimore, Scott? You know, this Alex Collins usage is starting to frustrate me. It looks like Buck Allen is the receiving back, at least. It was Buck Allen who got himself into the end zone. He's got a touchdown each of the first three weeks, and uh, he can be had in a lot of leagues. I, if I had to look at guys that are on the waiver wire, I mean – Maybe some people in some leagues, you still have a carry on Johnson on the waiver wire um, and Aaron Jones who didn't get picked up, you know, something like that. But if that's not the case, I'm looking at Buck Allen, certainly ahead of guys like Tavon Austin or Chris Ivory, who was a one week kind of thing. Um, what do you think? Buck Allen running back waiver wire. Uh, owned in 39.3% of leagues, so he's certainly available. And go. he has scored in every game on the ground exactly. so far this year. And uh, he scored five passes in two of three games, so he's a viable pickup, especially with the buys coming up. You know, and you, mm-hmm. you know, this week you lose you you lose guys like Adrian Peterson and Christian McCaffrey and Chris Thompson. You may have to plug a Buck Allen in. Yeah. Any other running backs you like here, Scotty? Uh, you know, Chris I mean, Carson I, had a big game, but he's owned. Yeah, like Kerryon Johnson is going to be owned. Kerryon uh, Johnson. Chris owned. Ivory's only only in five point one percent of leagues. You know, I think you got to take the crack, but there's just not a lot out there running back. But you got to think McCoy comes back, right? If McCoy comes back this week, there's no reason to to have Chris Ivory. I would look at it that way for two reasons. Number one, okay. we don't know that McCoy's coming back, and number two, he's got a lot of mileage on the tire, tires. Number and then he's got off the field issues. This may not be the last time you have to use Chris Ivory this season. Okay. Listen, uh, that makes sense. You know, there's a lot of issues with LaShawn McCoy, injuries and otherwise, shall we say. And then, honestly, there's some other rookies out there, but they're most likely owned. They're owned in closer to 75% of leagues. But it's worth a check to see if, you know, Sony Michelle is available. It's worth a check. It's worth a check to see if people panicked uh, on Royce Freeman, you know, kind of thing. If Royce Freeman's out there, um, are you bidding on Royce Freeman or Buck Allen, Scott? Royce Freeman for sure because you – you're going to be guaranteed a more heavier workload. But you're right. You you never know, you know, who you're playing with. It depends on what league that you're in. Maybe there's always an inexperienced owner. You know, guys coming off a bad game. Maybe somebody cuts Kenyon Drake this week, and then you, right. you move in and pick him up. Yeah, you got to be able to take advantage of everyone who thinks the sky is falling and is making some of these crazy cuts, okay? Like like I said, I had someone telling me they're going to drop Chris Hogan. If that is the case, you go and run and pick him up. Let's look, talk about these wide receiver targets. I think there's some opportunity here in wide receiver more than other positions, Scott. And I start with your guy from Atlanta, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's owned in less than 50% of leagues. I know you think it's sustainable. His targets have increased every week. Week from two to five to eight, he had a blow-up game on Sunday against the Saints. They've got they're at home against the Bengals this upcoming week. Is Calvin Ridley your top waiver ad as a wide receiver, or would you rather my guy that we talked about last week, who re, uh, kind of rewarded owners with a big game? What about Tyler Boyd? Tyler Boyd or Calvin Ridley? I got to go, Calvin Ridley. You know, okay. bigger pedigree than. Then Tyler Boyd is deserved. Uh, you know, Tyler Boyd is a nice pickup, but Calvin Ridley, you know, coming off a huge three touchdown game, and I think we got more heroics to come. This is the, this is the number two wide receiver that they've searched for for a long time across from Julio Jones. 
Uh, I like Tyler Boyd, but he doesn't have as much upside as Calvin Ridley. Let me ask you in a slightly different way, Scott. Does your answer change if we hear that A.J. Green will be out this week? Uh, no, it does not because hmm. we don't know if Tyler Boyd, if he has to operate as the number one wide receiver there. Uh, but then again, he are facing Atlanta this week, so he can put up good numbers. But still, getting pressed into uh, a number one receiver role, could that be over Tyler Boyd's head? We don't know. You know, we already know the role that that uh, you know that Ridley is in, playing across from Julio Jones, and he's got a better quarterback, I think. Okay, fair enough. Some other wide it's split the hairs, though. What you're saying about Boyd, you know, is certainly not crazy at all to take him over Ridley. But uh, you know, I personally just prefer Ridley. But it's a valid argument for sure. No problem. Let me ask this. You know, a heavily added guy this week is someone that I'm going to be, you know, when I'm on Fantasy Freestyle in about 12 hours with the hashtag StatsOverBeatCypher, you can hear me Tuesday and Thursday solo act here on the Fantasy Sports Network. Uh, one of the guys I'm going to be telling people to stay away from, I don't care what kind of week he had last week, is Jordy Nelson. I'm not going to buy into the Jordy Nelson big game in week three. I'm going to be telling people not to do it. Am I crazy? Because I know a lot of people are going to ask, oh, Jordy Nelson, Jordy Nelson, do I need him over Amari Cooper? I'm going to tell people no. What do you think on that question, Scott? I think a lot of people cut him after week two. And right. I think after a game like that, you know, maybe it's just a case of where he had to get – you know, more acclimated to the offense, although the Dolphins, you know, have been down, you know, the ladder in terms of yards allowed so far, even though they haven't allowed a lot of touchdowns, et cetera. Uh, you know, I think you got to take a crack here if you need some wide receiver help. You know, it's all about context. Like, who, who are you cutting to pick up Jordy Nelson? In a, in a 10-team league, you know, I might play wait and see, but a 12-team league, I need receiver help. I think I have to take the flyer here. All right, fair enough, but I look at the ownership percentage of Jordy Nelson, and here are three guys, okay, who I think are young and on the ascent as opposed to Jordy Nelson, whose best days are done. And similar ownership percentages, I'd rather all three of these guys over Jordy Nelson. I want to see if you agree and then how you would rank them, especially vis-a-vis Boyd and Ridley. The three wide receivers I'm talking about are guys that we've mentioned all season long, Scott. First of all, Chris Godwin in Tampa. We just saw him with the touch. Touchdown in all three games. He's owned in under 50% of leagues, like Jordy, and around the same as Jordy Nelson. I'd take Chris Godwin over him. Our guy in Green Bay, Geronimo! He had a touchdown last week. And with Randall Cobb's struggles, I think he's going to be the number two in Green Bay. I'd rather Allison over Jordy Nelson. And then in Los Angeles with the Chargers, Mike Williams had a big game, two touchdowns last week, but he's also around 50% ownership. I'd rather all three of those guys or over Jordy Nelson. Do you agree, Scott? I'd take Godwin, Allison, and Mike Williams over Jordy Nelson. Yeah, it's. Uh, I agree with you. I don't disagree with that. But if you're down in the waiver order and say you're like 11th or 12th, yeah. you, and, you, and other teams have like three, four bids ahead of you, you know, you got to make Jordy Nelson a contingent bid, I think, behind those guys. Or if you're not, uh, you know, into spending a lot of money on Fab just yet, and you consider Jordy Nelson a luxury, you know, maybe you don't have to spend too much of your budget for him. So I don't think I agree with you that I take all those guys over Jordy Nelson, but I don't think he's irrelevant either. 
Okay, fair enough. I'm just thinking about these different ownership percentages, and you kind of also, just like going into the draft, Scott, you almost got to tier these guys, right? A lot of times right. people send me literally screenshots of their waivers, and it's like seven guys that they're trying to pick up, all for the same drop, because to your point, you don't know the way. So it sounds like, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, you got Ridley, and then Boyd, and then, you know, Goodwin, Allison, and Williams as well, right? Those are five legitimate wide receiver ads you can have this week. I'd also, would you throw Antonio Callaway in there as well, Scott? Maybe under Baker Mayfield, the wide receiver two in Cleveland. Would you put Callaway in that group above Jordy Nelson as well? No. Uh, I no. feel he's too okay. boomer bust. I feel like he's a young Deshaun Jackson, and you can't trust those types. I, you know, a rookie wide receiver very often, you know, is I, I think is scary. I, I take Jordy Nelson over both Christian Kirk and uh, Antonio Callaway. You know, outside of Calvin Ridley, I'm skeptical on all these rookie wide receivers. All right, real quick, Scotty, as we look to tight end, you mentioned Vance McDonald. Scott, you mentioned Vance McDonald after his blow-up game. He's only owned in like, you know, 15, 20% of leagues, if that. Yeah. Are you spending a waiver claim on Vance McDonald? I got him 13%, yeah. Okay. Do you, are, are you spending anything on Vance McDonald? I think you have to because uh, I, I, I think a lot of teams are, are hurting at tight end. You know, we saw what McDonald could do. You know, credit to Dane because he's always talking up Vance McDonald. I have been talking about uh, McDonald. But, you know, the guy, the guy has a long injury history. That's the one thing. That's why he's only owning 13% of leagues. So you, you hope he stays healthy. Yeah, that, that's all he can do. Pick him up and hope he stays healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Scotty, with Vance McDonald, if he stays healthy, he'll be a part of the Steelers offense. The last tight end I want to give on waivers is a guy I've been saying, like, if he's healthy, he's a top, like, five or six tight end. He's been healthy all year. He got eight targets in Sunday's game against Carolina, and their number one wide receiver went down. He may be all right. We'll get more information on A.J. Green as we go along, but at 50% ownership, Tyler Eifert needs to be owned, in my opinion, at this point, Scotty. I mean, eight targets, the knock on him, like you say with Vance McDonald, like you say with Jordan Reed, has always been health. It's encouraging to me that he's been out there three games in a row. We talk about the improvement in this Bengals pass offense with the offensive line. It led us to recommend Boyd as a waiver wire pickup. Tyler Eifert's unowned, Scotty, in half of leagues. If you lost Evan Ingram this week, i pick up Tyler Eifert. Yeah, you know, we saw an uptick in the amount of catches and yards last week, which was encouraging because we were starting to think that, you know, maybe he was only a red zone guy here. But they're, they're, they're slowly working him back into the mix here. But, uh, you know, he's, he's like the third option in that passing game. I don't know if he could quite be a uh, top five if he stays healthy. Uh, you know, and injuries have taken a little bit of a toll on him. But sure. he could certainly be top ten if he stays healthy. Yeah, and you make a good point, you know, in terms of where he is overall if he stays healthy. But listen, Scotty, tight end is a wasteland. You know, we've lost Greg yes. Olson. We've lost Delaney Walker. We've lost Evan Ingram. We've had other people, like unfortunately, like your boy Jack Doyle, um, underperform a little bit, right? So, I mean, yep. if you could, you could do a lot worse at tight end than a former pro bowler and someone who does have a season of 14 touchdowns, you know, kind of yep. on their resume. So I would say – With the uh, same you quarterback, know, yes. 
Yeah, absolutely, right? So, I mean, that, and I talk about it with Blewett all the time. That back-end tight end one is really just about who scores a touchdown on any given week, Scott. And Tyler Eifert has shown that he has the ability to do that. Hey, Scotty, NFL season's in full swing. But I want to let people know they could still get 2018 World Series tickets by playing DFS Baseball. The entry is free. Go on over to DailyRoto.com and find out how DKMS is still trying to eradicate blood cancer. Not only will you get educated on their wonderful mission, but you'll find a link to play some free DFS Baseball contests throughout the rest of the season, which is only like five or six days, Scott. I am sweating it out myself, the Trevor-ending story. I'm streaming starters like crazy, Scott. Hopefully I can, uh, you know. I can get the quality start title is the point I need to lock in my championship. We'll talk about it all tomorrow. Scott, tomorrow we'll have maybe some updated injury results. And remember, don't forget to send Scotty and I your hashtag Game of Inches. If you had a really bad beat, we'll discuss some of those. And then we will more formally look ahead to week three. I mean, excuse me, week four starting tomorrow. You put in some bids on those waiver wire guys today, right, Scott? Definitely. And we're going to have two hours, Scott. Two hours tomorrow, Scott. We'll talk about your week four rankings, and we'll look at some of the early lines. We'll get some early leans on these spreads. The biggest spread of the week has lost two of the uh, last two of the first three weeks. We'll see if that happens again week four. Roto experts in the morning, Dane and Scott. Come on back tomorrow.